Hi everyone and welcome to Sustainability Explored, a podcast where every week we interview leading professionals, thought leaders and overall disruptive minds in the field of sustainability to hear their views on the present and especially the future of the world through the prism of sustainable development. Today with us we have Andy Stracefeld, strategist and partner at Lifecycle Revive, Canada's first propylene waste recycler, diverting tons of medical waste from the landfills. As you can imagine, the issue of medical waste is now of a massive global concern. With everything that is happening because of COVID-19, it's especially dire and pressing to actively give or start giving non-woven medical textile a key component in the production of personal protective equipment a second life. Andy is an extremely sharp and creative individual, and I guarantee you will learn a ton from this interview. So stay with us and enjoy the episode. I'm ready to welcome Andy in a second. Andy, super happy to welcome you on Sustainability Explored. Very excited about our discussion today, upcoming conversation. Uh, For our listeners, Andy is uh, the VP of Business Development for Lifecycle Revive, a sustainable PPE supply chain. And Andy, you will need to explain for those outside of the field what is PPE. So sustainable PPE supply chain and Canada's first circular economy-based industry on used medical textiles. Now I find it a very important topic, especially in the pandemic times. So life cycle revive takes medical waste, reduces it to plastic pellets and transforms it into brand new products. I know that you're working with 12 other companies to recycle PPE worldwide. Tell us, how did you find yourself in this field in the first place? Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on the show. I appreciate it. It was very simple. I was working for a major international medical distribution company based from the United States. I was in Canada and I had a a large territory. And uh, in that large territory, it was very difficult to sell masks and gloves and stuff because they already had competition or they were using what was called reusable, uh, meaning laundry services. But uh, many times when I would try to approach somebody and talk to them about my products, they say, well, your products end up in the landfill. And I said, well, no, that's not true. You know, we have a recycling program. And I went back to our our sustainability teams and I said, guys, I, I need more information on this recycling. I need to show people the truth. It's all about showing the truth here. It's transparency. So I became the sustainability expert for, for Canada. And uh, when COVID hit, this is when everything started. We partnered with a bunch of companies to manufacture isolation gowns for the Canadian government, Canadian made because uh, the border was closed by the, uh, the U.S. government at the time, and we weren't getting supplies. So everybody was, trying, was getting into the business of making you know, disposable gowns. I started to visit a lot of these sites as a, as a consultant, as an advisor, and I started seeing the waste that was going to garbage. So I reached out to a couple of colleagues of mine who were in the, in the know. One of them was a plastics guy who was doing recycling. Another person was in the medical distribution field. And another person was a manufacturer and said, hey, why don't we go partners together and create a recycling program? So we spoke to the government. They funded us. They gave us the money to do that. And right now, all right, so first of all, PPE. 
personal right. protective equipment. So that is the gowns, the, the jackets, the coveralls, the, the face masks, the respirators, the whole gambit. All this stuff is recyclable. I, I'm probably going to say it many times on, on, on this broadcast. We are being led to believe there is this gigantic lie that anything that is that is of this nature has to go into the garbage, that it's contaminated. And it's not, it's just not necessarily so. There are scientific studies that prove that after several hours of exposure to air and, and after several days, the, co the COVID virus or any virus is dead. And, and as long as you're handling it with gloves and with mask and proper protective equipment, this, there's no danger to this as it would be any other virus or, or, or bacteria. And when you put it into a machine, like the machine that we have, it's going to melt at 400 degrees. Bacteria will die at 275. That's what a sterilizer in a hospital sterilizes for. So a lot of people have this misconception of what it is. So yes, the long story short, I got it started because it was my profession, but I took my profession to the next level to advise and consult people on the reality of what they were buying and, and what they could buy and what, what we could do to save this, this planet. You're really on a mission and I cannot help but say it's really your golden hour. It's your golden time to, uh, yeah, to deliver on that mission. You, you know, Winston Churchill had a, a saying in World War II. He said that uh, fear is a reaction and courage is a decision. And this is what we're doing today. We are, we are getting past the fear of, of this stuff and we're going straight to the decision that we have to make. We have to take the courage to make that decision. Look, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. You go back to, to discussing where we are today and where we were pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, supply chains dropped the ball on the supply of, of these types of protection. Medical distribution companies dropped the ball on this. Governments dropped the ball on this. But there was always the people behind the scenes, the people who were in the plastics business who knew that there was something to do, but something had to happen. A philosophy change had to happen. And that's what's happening today. I think there's a philosophy change now among new entrepreneurs and, in, and even more important, environmental entrepreneurs, people who are now seeing the idea that you can have business and make profit and save the environment at the same time. And these are the people that I reach out to every day and say, guys, let's work on that. Let's try to make the world a better place. Sure, you want to put some money in your pocket, but let's try to make the world a better place every day. Exactly. And there is nothing bad in uh, being for profit. Uh, I mean, we all have to live somehow and eat something and take care of our families. And I like the term environmental entrepreneur. I know that you're working with 12 other companies to recycle this PPE worldwide. What are these uh, companies in which countries they are? And how did you set up the system of engaging them in your, uh, in your business and in your mission, I want to say? It started with LinkedIn. We, uh, we reached out to the general population and we, we said, look, we're looking for manufacturers. We're looking for recyclers. We're looking for waste haulers. So in Canada, we have most of the major PPE manufacturers for masks, respirators. They're, they have signed on to take care of their waste, you know, the scrap that, that, that they make their, their products from. We've reached out to hospitals and through them to their various waste hauling companies. We are prepared to go to the United States, but the problem is that the Canadian and American border is closed right now. And until we can cross that border, uh, we really can't do anything. But we are working with strategic partners like TerraCycle and Green Salon Group. Uh, these are big companies that you know have a box solution that they go out and they 
and they go and collect and they bring stuff back to recyclers like ourselves and others. Uh, we have interest right now in Australia and New Zealand. I'm not allowed to talk much about it right now until we sign the, the contract, no but, we, but mm-hmm. we are in, uh, in Australia, New Zealand, very eager to, to go. And I'm, I'm taking calls every day. Even there's a, it was a company in Peru just called me about 48 hours ago, very interested about uh, doing something. And I said, look, Let's do it. Let's try to let's try to work. Let's get some Zoom calls together and see what we can do. So anybody who's interested, please find me on LinkedIn or or you know contact me somehow. I'm on the internet and we'll definitely help. I'm definitely gonna include all the links to your profile and company profile in the show notes. Uh, the question I have, uh, I have a feeling that you're battling an uphill battle. Because not only you are engaged in the recycling itself, in setting up the network of all the players in the field, but also reconvincing the society, the, I don't know, stakeholders, shareholders of the fact that it's not a medical does not equal contaminated. Is it so? Correct. Correct. You know, it's interesting. I don't know for for your listeners. I'll I'll just take you guys back to to an idea. Before COVID, when you would go out and buy gasoline in your car, at wintertime, they would charge you more because they say they have to put the additive so the gas doesn't freeze. In the summertime, they would charge you more because they say they have to take the additive out of the machine. For years, corporations and businesses and companies and, and governments all were part of this gigantic lie that... Nothing could be done with recyclable plastics. It had to be virgin. It had to be right from the, from the tap of the oil well. And what happened, what just happened now? COVID has happened. But two other most important things happened that people don't realize. And this is where the lie has been perpetuated. And this is where the lie has been exposed. A freak snowstorm in Texas cripples the plastic resin manufacturing sector for all of North America, probably the world. A freighter gets stuck on the Suez Canal for less than a week, but enough to cause a panic. Now, recycling companies, people are coming to them, begging them to recycle and turn their stuff into pellets because now is the time that they need to buy those pellets. Because right now, there's a worldwide shortage on medical fabric for wraps or for gowns or whatever it is. So the very protection that we are looking to make for for the world during COVID has been crippled right now because of these things. So the, the the lie has been exposed is that stuff is the stuff like PPE is not even though they call it contaminated it's still recyclable. And recycled plastics are just as valuable as virgin uh, plastics. So if we can get that message out, if we can tell people stop being fooled by these messages, stop being told something that you know is wrong and support the people who are trying to make the environment a better place, like recyclers, like people who are, who are, who are coming up with composting technology. I tell you, I would love to see a world with no plastic one day, but I'll tell you something, I'll, composting is the future. And I would support anybody who would come up with a composting, a compostable type of uh, fabric or technology, because then at least if it goes to the landfill, we know it's not gonna be toxic. It's gonna, it'll take some time to, uh, to, to get there, but it won't be toxic and it won't be hurting the planet. Right. So we are talking about the case of really a single 
material getting back uh, in the production. What I mean by that is that you transform medical waste into plastic pellets, and then those plastic pellets are transformed back into the new medical textiles or uh, materials, right? Correct. It's it's not nothing like you take the medical waste and through the series of manipulations you create, I don't know, plastic bottles. In, in healthcare, so let's let's use the example right now. In healthcare, be it dentistry, veterinary, even in the hospital surgery setting, 80% of the waste that is created by a by a procedure is called clean waste because why? No patient is in the room. This is the preparation work that's done before the, the patient comes in. And all that plastic gets put out into the hallway, and then all that plastic gets taken down and thrown into a garbage. Why? If it's clean, it should go into recycling. It should go into a special recycling bin or a special section where somebody like myself or others can go pick it up. It's clean and do something with it. Even stuff that has a little bit of blood on it or has a little bit of iodine on it or whatever, maybe, or even oil. Like if we're, if we're going to talk about automotive and if we talk about manufacturing, something that has dust or oil or dirt is still be able to run through the machinery. People just say, oh, it's dirty and it's whatever it is, it's got to go in garbage. No, like there's a certain degrees of, of uh, rationality that you have to look at when you're looking at these types of plastics. But yes, at the end of the day, we're talking about clean plastics in a procedure and and then that gets turned into a machine that turns into plastic that melts it into a pellet and then that pellet gets fed into another machine that just melts the pellet back into a fabric and you have that circular economy and you could go dozen times before any of degradation happens on those plastics and by that time those plastics will be melded with new plastics so they'll be more stronger they'll be they'll they'll last longer so at the end of the day yeah it's a, it's a sustainable economy and it's a sustainable environment at the same time. Yeah, it sounds super intriguing. And is it is really the world I want to see in the next five to 10 years. How, because I see that COVID has shaken a lot of things, supply chains, our approach to life. I mean, digital offices, suddenly all of, all of it, like digital work and even this opportunity to record the podcast without going me going to the US or Canada and you vice versa or meeting somewhere in the middle in the ocean probably all of that became possible what is your ultimate goal for life cycle revive you know maybe it's taking x tons of medical waste off the landfill or change in the perception what is it for you what's the bigger bigger picture for you in there I think I think I want to have uh, three goals out of this. So the first goal is definitely that we want to eliminate as much uh, waste going into the landfill as is possible. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau put out the panic uh, call that uh, 66,000 tons of PPE was going to go in the garbage, and this, in his opinion, was called an environmental disaster, a cataclysm, an environmental cataclysm. And because of that, we went and we, as good citizens, we approached the government and said, listen, we heard the prime minister and we want to do something about it. So we got the funding. So we did that. So our first goal is definitely let's take a bite out of that 66,000 tons and show to the world and show to the government that it can be done. That's the first part. The second part is, is the mindset change. I'm, I'm, I'm really tired. And, I, and I'm, I don't mean like exhausted. I mean, like, like, like almost like annoyed that the good and smart people of this planet are being taken advantage of by corporations. Now, look, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a capitalist and I'm a socialist at heart. 
I, I am. Uh, and but the thing is, at the end of the day, look, it's that you, you, you're the lie is done. Okay, the fact that Texas got crippled, the fact that Suez got blocked, the fact that people went running for recycled pellets when they couldn't find virgin pellets just proves the point that there's room for everything. There's room for everybody at the table, the environmentalist and the non-environmentalist. And finally, look, I, it, it sounds funny. My partners don't like it when I say this, but I want to be put out of business. I want somebody tomorrow in some part of this world to come up with a bigger and better technology than me and put me out of business because then I'll know that we did something right. Then I know that we've reached our goal. Look, I, I, I said something like this to a, to a group and I said, Go, there's gold in the garbage, okay? But there's also prosperity in the garbage. And in this, this message I give you today resonates to every country in this world. If we eliminate the landfill, of this type of stuff. If we reclaim this stuff back, if we give jo environmental jobs to the masses, if we reduce our cost to healthcare, to support healthcare, if we reduce our environmental footprint, then we've achieved everything that we wanted, be it Green Party to Democratic Party to whatever party. We all agree that if we do what's right for the environment, the environment will do what's right for us. This is an excellent approach uh to business i want to run out of business in quite some time well but yeah amazing words of wisdom thanks so what's what's after that what's in the life cycle revives uh, journey in the future what do you see as your next steps so life cycle revive will be um rolling into life cycle health which will be a uh, a manufacturer of recycled uh, medical goods and PPE. We are, uh, we are going to create an education program. We're actually working with a group in Australia to finalize the details to have an international education program. Uh, we want to reach out, not just to healthcare, but to all industry. Uh, we, want to, we want to be able to assist everybody in all their plastic needs, not just uh, PPEs. And at the same time, we, we want to make a, we want to make a splash. We want to definitely uh, change the way how governments think. We would love we would love to have uh, you know another Paris type of conference which deals with you know the idea of plastics because it hurts my heart to see masks in the water. And I don't mean to sound um, inconsiderate about it, but if I had the money, I'd be going out into the water and pulling all those masks out like with a lobster net and taking them to the closest recycler possible and recycle them. Like, that's the thing. Like we, the, there is a lot of people in this world who will hurt the planet, who will do bad things to the planet. And I'm hoping that we can get more people to do good for this planet. So wherever someone sees this type of situation, this type of opportunity, we should be out there doing something about it. We should be getting boats with big nets or big rakes or whatever we have and dredge the water of all these bad stuff and take them somewhere where they, where they can be turned into good stuff. That is, it's not a pie in the sky dream. It's, it's, a real, it's a realistic dream. It takes money and it takes devotion and it takes attention. And hopefully one day I'll have all three of those to dedicate to this type of project. 100%. It's a very visual example that you give. Uh, I kept thinking about it since the beginning of this interview, the masks in the water, tangled uh, turtles and other marine creatures. But here's the question for you. Uh, honestly, I don't, I don't wish you run out of business. I wish, on the contrary, that you take over the world. Because my next question is, 
What would you suggest to people in developing countries or in those countries that don't have a program like yours that are not living in Canada under Canadian government? What shall those people do in order to not throw those uh, masks and other PPEs, yeah, personal protective equipment, uh, into the landfill or, God forbid, water streams? What to do before you, you get to those countries? Well, you know, it's a good question that you're asking. So I, I think, honestly, the, the call to arms is the following, is that exercise what I just, uh, what I just explained and, and try to do it in your household, in your community, and in your city, and in your country. And what you, what you want to do is, look, somebody in your town, in your province, in your country, in your region, has something to do with plastics. They're, they're everywhere, even in, in the, even in the most remote parts of the jungle and, 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 or in Antarctica or even in, in wherever. There is somebody who has an interest in plastics. And what we need to do is we need to get all this stuff to them. And then once it gets to them, those people need to get in touch with people like me. And then we find a way to bring the stuff. Look, for years, people have said that North America ships their garbage to the third world. Now what we're trying to say is to the third world, ship your garbage back to North America. Put it back on them. Let them come to people like me and others who will take it off the, the ships and do something about it. I think the time is in, it's an empowerment issue. So like I said, uh, in your home, so, it, so I, it's the three C's, in your community, in your city, and in your country. If you can go those steps, you will be able to succeed in keeping the environment better and actually working towards the overall goal. I share this 100%. Thanks so much. Well, probably, you know, as a three final question, mostly for the listeners, because I'm, I'm very much connected to the topic, which of the environmental, you know, the most pressing, let's just say, environmental impact of uh, medical waste would you would you name what, what what are the biggest issues for those who are not really in the field so i i think we all agree that masks right now has become a new a new burden that we as a society have been put on and a lot of people feel that the the removal of a mask the removal of that burden is is uh, is freedom but the problem is, how do you remove that, that burden? If you remove it responsibly and you put it in a separate plastic bag and you, you find a way to get it to me or somebody like me, that's fine. No worries. But if, you're, if your burden is a revolutionary type of burden, I, I take this mask from my face and I, I wave it in the air and I throw it on the ground and I step on it, well, you're not doing any good for anybody else. Like, I think the point is we still have to have a social awareness. So I think at the end of the day, masks are our number one problem because masks were something that were, were a choice for certain people, but COVID forced it to be almost like a chain on everybody else. And let's face it, I don't like wearing a mask, but I wear it for the protection of myself and, and the people around me. I feel really bad, like, you know, like I feel tired and exhausted wearing a mask and sucking in CO2 all the time. But at the same time, I understand my part that I play in my community and my culture, and I have to help people. So the thing is, for those people who want to just get rid of a mask and throw it on the ground, look, if you're going to throw it, then throw it in a garbage bin. 
it's better to, to go to a landfill where I can at least control and maybe get it from there than having you throw it on a beach or on a, or in the water or in a river or somewhere else, which is going to hurt other people that you don't want to hurt. And, and that's, that, that's our main concern. Think about the others. Yeah, you know what you reminded me of? Uh, I did my master thesis in Canada and my Canadian curator at the Memorial University in Newfoundland, we worked on the issue of um, e-waste and its life cycle. So that was the topic of my master thesis. So my um, supervisor, Josh Lepovsky, once said, you know, when the problem is on the table, we kind of see it and we act on it. If we just put it under the table, it, I mean, it's the perception of uh, people overall. If, if the problem is just under the table, it kind of doesn't exist, right? So I, when you said, don't throw your mask uh, out in the sea, in the river, I was like, yeah, but people think it stopped existing when it's out of their sight. So that's maybe another thing to think about. Nothing comes from anywhere and disappears into nowhere. And it's really, really important to, I mean, it's childish to even say it, but it's important to understand that these objects, they do not disappear once you don't see them anymore. Exactly. One last question. It's a traditional question of sustainability explored that I ask all my guests at the end of every interview. And it goes as follows. What would be your piece of advice for the listeners of Sustainability Explored? I like that question. It's a nice one. My advice is the common thread is if you're out there to do well for the environment, then find a way to keep the stuff out of landfill and put it in a bag or put it in a box or, or run, a, run a drive you know, to collect in your neighborhood and do something to, to guarantee that it stays out. If you are an entrepreneur and you want to do something to make a substance, you know, substance and make, a, make an economy of it, of a sort, then this is the right time and this is the right product to involve yourself in. Look, we all have a need to do something that's important in our lives. And, and, you know, there's a famous line. I, I'm, a, I'm a movie buff. So there's a famous line from the movie Gladiator. Russell Crowe says it in, in, in the beginning. And I quote him by saying, what we do today echoes in eternity. So what you do today, step by step, keeping the stuff away from the landfill, keeping it away from nature. This is your medal. This is the medal that you will wear for the rest of your life and ever on, forever on as eternity. So that is my advice to you. What you do, what you do today echoes in eternity. Well, powerful stuff. Thank you so much, Andy. I think you raised awareness a lot today around this subject, and I'm very hopeful that it will reach uh, my audience across the countries, across continents, and we will all collectively take actions toward bet towards better tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being here with us today and for listening to this episode. This was episode number 92, season 8 of Sustainability Explored. If you like this episode, found it useful or going to implement any piece of advice given by Andy, please let me or him know via LinkedIn. I'm leaving all the links to our profiles in the show notes. 
Subscribe to this podcast not to miss any new episodes. And if you like it in general, please leave a review, rate, comment on the platform you're listening on. This will help other people to discover the podcast and help them educate themselves on the matters of sustainability. Thank you once again for listening and until next time, next Thursday. Take care, stay sustainable. Bye-bye.